Hailing frequencies open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and the sarcastic Vulcan salute should always be followed by live long and prosper, I guess. <laughs> Sitting in tonight in place of my usual co-host, Ella Pearson, is my co-host on the Just Enough Trope podcast. She's also the host of the Sailor Noob podcast, and she's a frequent enterprising individuals and Discoverage guest. It's Mika and Hana. Mika, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. It's great to have you here. Um, how have you been? We haven't talked in a while. Yeah. Um, well, the world is four crazy now. Four or five now. whole days since we <laughs> talked last. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, um, I'm, I'm good. Um, it's good to talk about uh, Trek again. It's been a couple months. So, uh, yeah. How, how are you doing, Cal? You know what months are made up of? Days. And, and days make up. Weeks. Uh, weeks, yes. They make up weeks. <laughs> a certain number of weeks. I think we'll, I know uh, where this is going. We'll talk about later, yeah. Uh, well, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, before we get started, I thought we could talk a little Star Trek news and a little Lower yeah. Decks stuff. Yeah. Uh, CBS All Access got a big update recently, uh, adding thousands of hours of content from Viacom cable channels and sources. And this is all ahead of their planned relaunch of the platform early next year. And oh. of course, yeah, they're going to just kind of, it's going to be, you know, CBS All Access 2.0. Uh, okay, just like new, it'll just have like a new look and run smoother sort of thing? Yeah, and it's just, it's them, you know, because they just had this huge merger, and so that means they've got their hands on a lot of extra content and things. Well, and so that makes gonna, sense, I guess. So, they're going to yeah. try to be um, a super streamer, which is not, I mean, that's not, who decided on that name? Yeah. When um, I get one of those big sodas at the movie theater, I, I'm also a super streamer. But <laughs> but anyway, it's it's all leading to, of course, what we're going through right now. Like hurricane season, it's 23 weeks of track. Yes. And this is because of COVID, right? You would not normally do this. Like, yes, you're trying to bring the, the uh, franchise of Trek back. You're trying to familiarize viewers, young and old and new. And... But you wouldn't just jam two series like directly next to each other, right? You'd spread it out a little bit, right? Even though you want to have Trek on all the time. That's what I'm guessing. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. And even, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's like get get CBS All Access. Get you know here here you go here here are 23 episodes of Trek in a row. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean. I'm just sitting there thinking about it. Like, even if, like, so you could, like, if you wanted to, I'm not saying that, I'm sure there are people who do this. You could, like, uh, get CBS All Access, watch Trek for 23 weeks, and then let it lapse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they've got you. Saying. They've got you, though, for those four or five months or whatever it is, I That's guess. That's true. Yes, absolutely. Maybe this is and has been the strategy all along. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I'll tell you who it's not a strategy for, and that's international fans. It's only 23 weeks for U.S. fans because Lower Decks oh. is not premiering internationally currently. Uh, it's leaving a lot of international fans frustrated about when they can expect to see the new show. And Mike McMahon, the showrunner, head writer of the show himself, Lower Decks, tried to provide an explanation on a podcast interview recently. And he said, okay. quote, a lot of what we're doing for Lower Decks unexpectedly got shifted two months earlier because they were juggling around schedules and stuff. A lot of the different groups in entertainment, when you shuffle that stuff around, they can't move as fast as we can. And he also said, quote, we're not expecting to... We were not expecting to premiere as soon as August, but because of the circumstances being what they are, it was important to us to get this yeah. out in the world. We had the ability to do it safely. So, yes, uh, I think this was actually supposed to premiere after the third season of Discovery, which presumably would have premiered, you know, months ago at this point. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, it's that last I've... oboe player who couldn't get a he didn't have a good mic. They kept telling, <laughs> telling him to go to Best Buy right. to record that score. <laughs> He was the holdout. Um, yeah. Uh, well, that kind of, I didn't realize that there was going to be, so they don't even know when it's going to premiere for international fans is what I'm getting from what you said. That's right. That's, wow. At least have a date for people. 
yeah, mean, that would be nice. Yeah, it's 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 not great, and it it's weird because I don't think that there's anything. I think it's just um, a production concerns. Like maybe the mm. people who are coordinating the productions are busy because I, I can't imagine there's any plot points. That you have to line up. Like, there's nothing in Lower Decks no. that's going to affect dis- Disco Season 3, right? I this isn't like a so. Winter Soldier, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type thing. Um, right. But just in terms of probably the marketing machine and just kind of keeping everything focused on one show or the other. And so, the solution, 23 weeks of Trek, of which right. we're in week one. But what about 23 years of Trek? Let's Uh-oh. talk about upcoming series. The production of Picard Season 2 went on hold in June because of COVID, but CBS Chief Digital Officer, is he he like the doctor? Like, is he real? Or uh, Anyway, his... (laughs) His, mar- his name is Mark Debevoise, and in an interview recently, he said that Picard Season 2 will be ready sometime in 2021. There's no word okay. on Strange New Worlds, the Pike series, and where that's at. We're probably looking at 2022 or later for that one. Lower Decks uh, is already in production on its second season. Um, the, sec- the two... <laughs> How do I say this? The second of two seasons that have been ordered. Um, no word on more, oh, but we'll see. see how it does. Yeah, but it has two. Uh, and nothing has been announced as far as a premiere, but I think 2021 wouldn't be out of the question for that. It was announced at Comic-Con at Home that the new Nickelodeon series would be called Star Trek Prodigy, the animated series, and is slated for a 2021 debut, although it might take a year or more after it's aired in its entirety before it comes to CBS All Access due to licensing agreements. So, What? I don't know if we're covering that one. Uh-oh. I gotta get... I don't have Nickelodeon. Yeah, what gives? Um, well, I'm a cheapskate, but uh, what gives with well, them? No. I don't know. Uh, huh. Well, you think they would have worked it out, like, before they made the deal. Like, this is, you know, part of it, like, after X amount of months or whatever. I mean, I guess maybe that is what it is, but it, it won't be for, like, a year, which seems like a long time. Yeah, why but... don't you even have a chief digital officer? What's he doing? <laughs> I don't know. I can see... He's energizing all morning yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's energizing all morning yeah, um yeah we're we're gonna talk about uh star trek and its various animated forms but i don't know i can see it just being a coup to get it's not really a coup though because they kind of own it now don't they but the, did they know they were going to own it when they're making the deal i don't know how any of it works but i know I that like either. getting star trek people in front of little kids who are you know coming off of SpongeBob and then going into Star Trek is a big deal, and so maybe it was worth yes. it to them to lose a year of like streaming rights or, or exclusivity. Um, but who knows? Yeah, um, I think uh, you and I were talking off air. It sounds like you're actually pretty excited about um, the the Nickelodeon. I've series. been talking on air uh, about the show. <laughs> yes. And with some of the advisors uh, to the show uh, who have uh-huh. been guests on my show. And so that's all I'll say. If you want to hear more, listen to Enterprising Individuals. Yes. Can't promise um, there's um, any secret information, but uh, a lot of enthusiasm <laughs> about it, though. Well, good. Uh, but, yeah, I think it um, it sounds promising, so... It looks like Star Trek Discovery Season 3 will premiere October 15th. Let's see. That's the 11th week of Star Trek. <laughs> we need, like, nativity calendars with Gach in them or something like that. Yeah. No, ooh. Would <laughs> we that last up, well? How long, does, just come out. how long does Gach keep? <laughs> Don't let him get away. Yeah, yeah. How long does it keep? You open it up and it's like dead Gach. That's like that's the worst. Maybe Nobody it's wants a, that. Maybe it's a Gach farm. Like what? What is the substrate that Gach live in? Like, are, oh, they're, good question. They're not earthworms, right? No. But you could have like an, you could have like an ant farm. <laughs> Do anteaters have? Are there nativity calendars just ant farms with little doors <laughs> that open into the? This isn't Star Do Trek. You- do you think they would wait the next day to open the Ooh, next door? It's so tough. It's so tough to wait. Yeah. Uh, I need some more morsels in my mouth right now. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sand Dieter will forgive me. Um, 
I'm fired. Well, we've just seen the premiere episode of the new animated Star Trek series, Lower Decks. It's an episode called Second Contact, and we're here to talk all about it. But first, as always, a warning. We're setting a course for the spoiler zone. Listeners should be warned. We're glad you decided to join us, but if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for Second Contact is Ensign Tendi has her first day of work on Starfleet's USS Cerritos, where she meets fellow support crew members Ensign's Mariner, Boimler and Rutherford. Meanwhile, Boimler is tasked with a secret special assignment, and Rutherford attempts to keep his dating life intact while a sci-fi disaster strikes the ship. The episode was written by Mike McMahon. Mike McMahon previously wrote the short trek episode, The Escape Artist. He's the head writer and executive producer of Lower Decks. McMahon is the creator of the TNG underscore S8, or that's TNG season eight Twitter account, where he outlined a hypothetical eighth season for the show. He adapted that Twitter account into the book Warped, a reference guide to that fictional eighth season. McMahon got his start in writing animation on the FXX series Axe Cop and was a writer and executive producer on Rick and Morty. He's also an EP and writer for the Hulu animated series. Series, Solar Opposites. The episode was directed by Barry J. Kelly. Kelly has served as an animator on series like The Venture Brothers and Son of Zorn and has directed episodes of Venture Brothers and Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures. The start date for this episode is 57436.2, and there are a few interesting aspects to this episode. Um, the first one specifically is that star date. It puts this uh, episode in the calendar year 2380, which would essentially be uh, the year after Nemesis. So this is really the oh. first. Yeah, this is the first, uh, you know, sort of live action stuff that we've seen set immediately after the TNG films. This is the huh. first Trek series to have its premiere in August since Voyager's second season premiere, the 37s. This also marks the first time two Star Trek series have premiered in the same calendar year, Picard, of course, being the other series. This is, of course, the second Star Trek animated series and marks the return of Trek cartoons after a 46-year absence from TV with the cancellation of Star Trek the Animated Series in 1974. This is the first animated series to be produced by CBS Eye Animation Productions, the new animation arm of CBS. And John Van Sitter's VP of Merchandising, or whatever the hell his title is, chose the abbreviation LDS for the series as a reference to Kirk's line in Star Trek IV. You know, he uh, took a little too much LDS in the 60s. What? And is that what that's referring to? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that or the uh... Latter-day Saints. So I'm going to go with LDS, yeah. Uh... <laughs> And speaking wow. of franchise continuity, uh, General Order 5 is brought up in this episode, and I believe for the first time in a live-action series, General Order 5 reads, in part, I won't read the whole thing, uh, in cases of extreme emergency, Federation special represent uh, representatives are empowered to assume emergency powers to deal with a condition or circumstance that is deemed hazardous to the welfare of Federation citizenry. The order has never appeared on screen, but instead first appeared in a FASA, F-A-S-A, Star Trek RPG sourcebook, along with a full list of general orders. And they've just <laughs> generally been adopted as canon-ish. You know, everything is canon wow. until something more important comes along. Right. That's impressive. Like, it sounds like, and you just read part of that order? Like, so how many? It's as long as you're on. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I guess of... <laughs> I'm not that terribly surprised, but seriously, wow. There's a lot of stuff. Like, well, there's beta canon, and then there's uh, a, a gamma canon, or like it just goes down and down until you get to a mega canon. But a lot of that uh, 70s uh, role-playing stuff stuck for a long time because this show mm -hmm. was only like two and three quarters seasons long, right? It goes oh. off the air, but you've got a bunch of hungry nerds who want to play video games and read books, and so... You know, that's the job of an RPG writer is just to, like, create worlds and worlds and worlds so other that's people true. can use that stuff, yeah, to make their own worlds. And so I remember taking a lot from the Facet books. Also, the, I think Last Unicorn sort of inherited the mantle after that. And those poor guys, they wrote so much stuff that was great. But, of course, a lot of it's been sort of overwritten now. So wait, Last Unicorn, is that like a role-playing company? Like, is that I know, have any connection I know what you're to doing. the film at all? I know all? what you're doing. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know where we stand with, with Jeff Bridges on this one. <laughs> where do we stand with unicorns turning into people? Um, yeah. Alan uh, Arkin is your game master. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> well, what did you think about Second Contact? Um. Well, I'm not... I thought it was, I'm going to be 
as honest as I can be. I thought it was uh, okay. Um, I, I I would love to give it a a glowing review, um, but uh, I, I I did not love it. Okay. Um, uh, I thought that the you know, I mean it's hard, right? When you're, 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 you're <laughs> apparently it is. <laughs> you're you're starting out at any new series. Like your role is to, I mean, it. The, maybe it's not as hard because you you that you're setting it in Trek, so um, that sort of overall. I, I think theme that's the is hardest there. part. Yeah, oh, like being Pe- within that. People start new cartoons every day, and they you know rise or fall based on their merit. But I think having to fit yourself into the Star Trek universe, mm-hmm. not violate. You know any of the um, you know fifty five plus years of FASA source books or, or whatever, or just the, the the tone of a Star Trek show, and yet your mandate is to not be your typical Star Trek show. I think that's you know that's strangling this show just in no, the one I episode think you're that probably, I've seen. I, think I do you're have probably. a I have a question because I've never watched it. Is this what the Orville's like? Is this the Orville? I I don't have an answer for you because uh, I've also never watched. Shoot. Well, I'm going to get a guess that's in the Orville, because this is kind of what I imagine the Orville to be like. It's vaguely Star Trek-ish. It is mm-hmm. nominally a comedy, but right. I don't find Seth MacFarlane very funny, and so it would just be me just sort of smizing at the screen, right? But the, yeah. but the Orville's an hour long. Right. Right. I mean, I did find... So, I, I agree with you. I didn't feel like all of the jokes... Um, landed. I, I did laugh at parts. Um, I, I guess the the funniest part to me. Um, I'm kind of jumping all over here, but is um. Oh, my notes are a mess. Okay, well <laughs> here we go. Uh, was when um they're they're on the planet and uh, Ensign Mariner is talking to Ensign. Um, is it Bomler? Bomler? I can't even remember how you pronounce his his name. Bomler. Beamler. You okay? <laughs> or is it beam like Hans Beam? No, I think it's like Bomler. Bomler? Okay. Beaumont. And she's she right. She's telling him about how many different ships she's been on and like different experiences she's had and all the different things that she's seen. And um I think she was talking about how she was trapped for weeks in um <laughs> in a sentient cave. Yeah, which and and like I like that and the way she she described that was pretty funny. And she the way she described a dark place a couple... that knows things. Yeah, yes. But my yes. question is, that's a that's I guess it's a fun description. But how's that a joke? Like that mm-hmm. isn't. Do you I know laugh, what I mean? But yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it's know sort of silly and has the cadence of a joke. Right. Parks and Rec bit, right? But yeah. I don't get how that's like a joke. And of course. 50 plus years, a bunch of guys with no writing experience are going to tell you how to make Star Trek. Now they're going to tell you how to make comedy shows, too. And I just want you, I just want to be honest that that's, I guess that's kind of what I'm doing. But I just felt a lot of it was, hey, this is like energetic and kind of goofy. And so that's jokes, right? And yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with you. Rick and Morty, the show I think this probably shares the most DNA with, not just because of the staff, but through intention i think mm-hmm. rick and morty has jokes though like yes. sure a crazy amount of stuff happens and rick and morty is weird because it's its premise is completely opposite to what i assume the premise of the show is and i want to talk about that too because i don't know what the premise of the show is is that rick and morty's <laughs> like it, nothing really matters and so look at this amazing stuff which will all be destroyed when new uh, rick sets off a nuka bomb and they just go to another universe and it's just like this the the, the 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 amazing things in creation and also eh, none of that crap matters. Um, right. I don't know what the premise of this show is. Like I was watching it and thinking, you know, except for the kind of like lame jokes, this would just be like a good maybe TNG action show. Like mm-hmm. They certainly seem to want to do the type of action you would see on Discovery yeah. or on more actiony episodes of TNG. And as I was watching it, I was thinking, didn't, but this wasn't what it was supposed to be, right? This is, it's supposed to be like a, kind of goofy Rosencrantz and Gillards didn't look at like the Star Trek universe. There's a couple right. parts in the show that I think get close to that. Like 
I <laughs> I like that uh, at the end when they've got it figured out, the slime cures everybody, and then all the yes. principals, like this would be like the Riker, the Troy, the Picard, they're all like, well, it looks like it's another great science discovery for you. And they're like, ah, more paperwork. And I can kind of see like the credits like freezing over them as we yeah. pull back and look at our characters, you know, our Lower Decks characters who are bedraggled and they're like, <laughs> they get all the credit and they're pulling all the roses. And right. If that's the premise, I'm down with it. And there's a little bit, at, you know, after that, when he goes and he, the captain is making her log and she's, you know, just aggrandizing like the senior staff and not mentioning him, where it seems yep. like he's sort of like rolling his eyes. And so if the premise is like him going from like, you know, a, a bootlicking zero to a, like, you know, just a, a wacky hero, I can see that. But. I think maybe that's where they're headed. Yeah, but, but I yeah. think you can do that in, more in microcosm in your pilot episode to give us an idea of, of kind of what it's going to be like as you as you mm. as we go on. Mm-hmm. There was the yeah. B story in this. I got nothing from that. Oh, you mean um, what Rutherford is it? going uh, on, on his date? Rutherford yeah. going on the date. Um, None of the, oh, good. I thought it. I thought it was really cute, <laughs> uh, up and and sweet, up until the point where. Um, you know, because they're just kind of like lost in each other and having this experience with each Are other they? while this chaos is going around. Is that what's going on? I thought that's what was going on. I mean, that, I think that that's what that that's what that that storyline is. Like, I think they've got a, a premise and a setup that we understand what it is, and so that's what they should be doing. But they weren't really doing it. I, I didn't. What's my point? My point is, I didn't get why. As soon as like a zombie outbreak happened, they continued the date. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're all wacky characters, but why would they? Why would they do that? And if you did it in a in, in a different way, like if you did it where they're like, "Oh my god, zombies!" and so they've got phasers and they're fighting, and a zombie's grabbing on, trying to bite his arm, and he's pushing it off. And while this is happening, like they start talking, and then they you know realize, yeah. "Oh, we're really hitting it off." Like you know, why did they just not? I don't know. And then you had the one guy run in, and he goes. This is happening all over the ship. And then he runs away. It's like, okay, thanks, mustache exposition guy. Yeah, we didn't really need that. I didn't know what Um, that was for. (laughs) It just seemed really clumsy. I think because they were talking about, like, where is your quarters? And, like, maybe, like, they were going to sneak off and have some alone time together or something. Oh, really? I, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I've totally misread that if that's what it was. I still don't think it's very good, but. Uh, okay. Um, I don't know. I thought maybe that's what they were trying to insinuate. Um, but then, like, when they found out it was all over the ship, they were like, well, maybe. But they don't, like, that doesn't make them get up and leave or help or anything. So I don't know. It is kind of unclear. Um, I didn't really, like, he was, like, so incredibly enthused by, I can't even remember what it was. Um, they, they go through this one door and one of the sensor readings doesn't go off or doesn't, yeah. like. Yeah. Was it like his life, their life signs or something like that? It's like they're communicators. Yeah. And he's like, it's supposed to do it. Why didn't it do it? And she like doesn't care. And I was like, okay, whatever. But yeah, then, but I didn't either. I wasn't really invested in I wasn't it really going either. well. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. it sort of falls apart over that, like this little Which I was like, thing. I thought that was dumb. And I don't I'm mean, no, I mean, the, the dumber the reason, the better. But I'm just saying like the way that it was. All the moments, many of the moments in this show were not given any sort of weight to sell the drama or the comedy. There's a part where near the end where they realize like the slime is important, you know, and the guy that's covered in slime is like, we got to protect this guy in his slime or they call him a slime. I know. And then there's this like breathless sequence where they run through the the corridors and they're shooting, um, you know, infected crew members. And of course, none of the main cast gets infected or or gets uh, dragged down. If it was a zombie movie, they'd, you know, be taken out one by one. And then like just shacks gets, uh, uh, I can't know, Ensign B to, to sick bay, you know, and they figure out the problem, but then we can't have the scene that we have after that. But I liked how, when they did all that, they go in and the doors close and Shax just drops him on his face, like on the floor, which is a good, <laughs> that's a good bit because it's, you know, it's, it's that twist. It's that, uh, that reversal of fortune that makes a joke, but they didn't, I, I don't know if the show knew that that was a joke, because if you want to sell that joke, you make him really important. You do what you can in the scene where they're running around, but it's like he, and maybe he's starting to like, you know, really like 
his status or starting to feel like he's really important, you know, and then you drop him on his head. <laughs> like that's you. Right. You, you, you set right. it up, you know, to pay Acid. it off a little more. Yeah. And I don't even know if that this should, like the, the pace of, of the dialogue and the jokes are so relentless in this. They're not even stopping to look behind them to see if the jokes are landing at all. Yeah. I wonder if they've really tested this with audiences at all. Like, I mean, I don't know how you would do that with a cartoon, but Showtime. Uh, well, yeah, just I wonder if it's if the writing is going to improve from, you know, as it goes on. Um, I did really that, that se- the animated sequence that you were talking about. I did really enjoy that. Um, yeah, but Jackson again, once again, it's like, wow, what a yeah. cool what a cool action show. This is this comedy show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do mean, good point. Um, they don't even I mean, like. I don't problem with it being actiony but like yeah like have the jokes like actually well are they, are they embarrassed of their jokes like if you're proud of your jokes you you let them you let them sit you know you let them let them breathe put yeah. them out there and yeah. they can't even like they can't even let the opening credits joke land because there's the thing where it's and it's like all majestic and then the ship yes. comes out and before we even really see the ship or or establish in our minds it's like oh this is like a tng type opening like rocks start hitting the ship and it should be more like you know oh this is great it's like oh oh that rock hit that ship and then the ship like you know veers off course or something i mean all those all those elements are there but they're much more subtle and you kind of wonder like oh okay i guess we're supposed to show that this ship sucks (laughs) Isn't it? Right. Does it yeah. suck? Isn't it all the lower deck people that are the screw ups or the higher ups? Do they suck too? I don't know. We haven't like well, um, the uh, the character um, who's I think like the first officer commander Ransom. Ransom. Yeah. yeah, like he's kind of at least in this episode we see him being kind of negligent, right? Because he's the one who gets bitten, and one of the other officers is like. Should you go get that checked out, sir? And he's like, nah, I'm fine. <laughs> so well, I don't know. <laughs> I know. Uh, I mean, Riker brings b- things back to the ship all the time. That's true. That's true. We haven't seen them. I guess that's a possibility. We haven't seen them, um, you know, be screw-ups yet, though. Yeah. and but, you we know, haven't this seen is, that. And this is a second contact. This is boring. Like, presumably, the first contact people ran the scans. They would have found a virus fly or something. And right. the captain, I think, says it, you know, at the end, like, well, that's that's why we're here. You know, we're, we're, we're cleaning up. We're, we're double checking the the uh, the work here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I was fine with that. But, <laughs> yeah, it's just that got out of hand real fast. <laughs> yes. Do you feel like I don't know, maybe this is just me, but do you think that like um, I kind of feel like that the ship's name sounds like food? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's um, a city in California, right? Okay, all right. Well, it does. There you go. It does sound like food, though. And again, that's that's just so imperfectly, imperfectly, perfectly encapsulates the imperfect approach to comedy on this show because you're like, you can't call it like SS Rust Bucket. Like I get that. Well, but, right, right. It can't be like super on the nose. Yeah, Surax Butt or something. You can't. <laughs> but you could do something, and this just. They just picked a like you said. It sounds like food. Like they picked yeah. a thing that's like, is that funny? I I'm not sh- sure if that is. Is that what they're funny. going for? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and we've all you know, we've all sat around tables and uh, you know the back of classrooms and made these Star Trek jokes for years. Like it's very, it's unlikely you're going to come up with a lot of original material that other people haven't thought of. You know, oh, the Klingons crimp their hair. Got it. <laughs> but if you're going to, it it better be the best version. You know that that should it should be road tested and and yeah. and should really land. And like you know the all nude <laughs> like weight room or something in, in the holiday is like yeah uh huh. I think we've all done we've all done that joke. So what's your what's the best version? Like, what's just, your like, version? I don't know. That may be like I mean we all joke that like there's tons of weird horrible sex oh there's drains in the floor of the holodeck yeah 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 on the holodeck but to go for that your first episode and i didn't even i just like i was just like embarrassed like i was like is that funny or is it like i feel like i'm intruding on something what you think about and this is if you didn't think anything you didn't care then you don't have to answer because this is something i get hung up on but i i like generally how people in star trek act weird 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think as the franchise continues, they act more and more, quote unquote, normal until okay. um, O'Brien likes to play darts or whatever. But generally, sure. they they feel like future people. You know, they feel like people who are uh, yeah. abhorrent of violence, you know, and who are really accepting that Dax is dating a guy whose brain is visible or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then we get Enterprise, which was designed to be sort of a two-fisted, you know, gunslinging adventure. And then now we've got this and we've got Picard, two shows that are set after the TNG movies and the sort of end of the Berman era. And everybody just acts like they live in 2020. And and I don't know how to feel about it. That's, That's kind of part A of my whatever I'm doing. And part B is everybody's really mean and cynical. And I don't know if that's just... Mm, that's a good point. I don't know if that's what straight character... I don't mean straight sexually. I mean, like, not the joke joke teller characters right. do on comedy shows to the wacky comedy people. Or if they're trying to insinuate that there is some sort of malaise in the Federation because we know... And this isn't a spoiler. We know that the Federation ain't necessarily around in Discovery's future, you know, the future that they've gone to. Are right. they seeding things in to show us like this kind of moral decline where everybody's an asshole in the Federation by the time we hit the 25th century? Or is it the thing I said before? Huh. Um, wow. That's a lot to unpack. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not, I gotta say, at least for, for part A, I'm not really a fan of them talking how, um, you know, modern 20 day, 20 people talk 20 you know, people 20 20 that's people. like a choir like, oh okay. i see what you mean <laughs> yeah like 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 how normal people talk in in our society today what's up dude like, right Beam like, me up. i don't i don't need that in my star trek i'd like my star trek to be a little i mean i don't want it to be like stuffy or anything like that but i, <laughs> I, I i'd like it to be a little heightened a little you know elevated and then also i guess along those lines like I mean, obviously, there are corrupt people in in um, the Federation, and there have been for a long time, and a lot of them seem to be admirals. But, um, you know, uh, I, why do we have to be, like you said, like, why are, why are people, like, mean or, like, rude or out for themselves? And, you know, so I don't – I think maybe with Picard, they were trying to show that something had happened and – gotten rotten uh within the federation it almost seemed like with picard because it's so focused on on john luke right it yeah. almost seemed as if they were saying like he was one of the last good things to be in the federation Every, everybody. And, when he, and when he left <laughs> oh it all went downhill everybody but, is a total jerk but like right. there's picard and he's nice right and i i i don't think that that should be the case either but it just kind of seemed like that's what they were trying to say um is mariner's first name beckett oh boy it might be is that is this a pseudonym because she doesn't have the same name as the captain as her mother uh yeah but is a girl's name beckett it's the it's it's space in the future i guess it's okay I guess it's okay to be I mean, called whatever you want, but I just thought great. that was like Beckett Mariner. Whatever you want. Yeah, Did you get switched with somebody else? Um, count, countdown to what, what was that? Go well, Go I was going to say countdown to her being uh, a chosen one. What's what's the uh, over under? Oh, I think it's probably pretty high. Um, I just get a real uh, Burnamy vibe out of her. Not it doesn't help that like her Harry mom Potter. and dad are in are in Starfleet, like Berman or Burnham. Well. Right. Um, but not Berman. Not, not Rick Berman. Oh, my God, I, no. Burnham. Michael Michael Berman. <laughs> yeah. I just invented Michael Berman. Oh, boy. Should have let that slip by. Uh, do you feel like you know the characters? No. No, I do not. Did you um, know that the, the, the recap or the or the uh, synopsis of this episode starts with Ensign Tendi? Do you know anything about Ensign Tendi? I know next to nothing about Ensign Tendi except yeah. she it's her first day. Yep. That's all I know and she's full of enthusiasm and excitement. I've never seen a character like that before. I don't know man, look I it's just, just I don't know. I think they could have made 
I know it's a cartoon, but we we also know it's not for geared towards kids, right? So I think no, you could have made it's your a cartoon, character but these are still class. Hollywood writers, and the guy yeah. who's writing it has been thinking about this is his dream job. He's been thinking about doing this for for thirty years. So I just I don't I think it's a great premise, but it's not going to write itself. I don't think you can just say, oh, yeah. it's Star Trek. People are going to laugh. People are going to love it. Some will, sure, but Hot Banana, you got to do better than Hot Banana. Yeah, I just... Or sorry, I Banana think... Hot. I guess that's the joke. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I guess that is the joke. Um, but if you have to think about it, how good of a joke is it? Um, I... It, it didn't really... If I was just... Let, let's just imagine, if you will, I am in a world and I have... Or in this world and I have never seen an episode of Trek in my life ever. And you showed me this. It would not grab me... It would not entice me, and and I, and I, and that's what you know. I, it, it's hard to do that, I think, on a first episode with with any show, no matter what. If you're doing live action or cartoons or what have you, but yeah. but I think I, you really need to do that. And like, I hate Rick and Morty, or no, I don't hate Rick and Morty. I hate praising Rick and Morty because it gets plenty of praise already. But does its first episode is a great episode. Mm-hmm. And it draws you in. It tells you what the show's going to be. Right. It pushes things exactly. past the point where you think like, okay, I get it. Because remember, this Lower Decks has a great premise. Uh, Rick and Morty has a terrible premise. It's just like it's it's Doc and, and Marty from Back to the yeah. Future, basically. Right. Only Doc has no moral compass. But then they take that and they push it farther than you would even think for <laughs> it to go. And they've got all these little bits that happen while they're uh, sort of just doing the basic plot of getting the seeds all the way up there, Morty. Um, and so, like, that's a great example of, like, a great cartoon pilot, whereas this, yeah, I just feel like this is basically exactly what you would think it would be. Well, I just, I don't really know um, where, I don't have any, I, I don't need to know exactly where we're going. Like, I don't need you to give me a roadmap, like, episode one, but, like, just any sort of inkling of what is in store for me. <laughs> but that's you know? exactly what a pilot's for. <laughs> well, I suppose. The pi- yeah. Remember the pilot of MASH? Yeah, that was a great episode. Tell- yeah, but it tells you like, every MASH episode will be like that forever. Right. Except right. for the one with the chicken and the baby. I thought this right. was a comedy show. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about uh, things that we like. Uh, let's be fair. Um, it's a gorgeous show. Yeah. Um, it's, it's gorgeous. The um the colors are are really great on it. They're they're very vibrant. Um, I like the animation style. Uh, yeah, like I, especially in this like time of new Star Trek and Star Trek films, where everything is you know the lens flare, the darken, uh, the the contrast of the light and dark on the bridge and stuff. I really just right. liked. Um, and they, and this is <laughs> this is something else. I think the show has to get out from under TNG's shadow using the TNG font. <laughs> like that's a real hand tip, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, this is basically just this is this is McMahon's TNG season eight, basically, right? Um, right. And I hope that they can sort of expand beyond just that. But yeah, I mean, the animation is fantastic, and the details are great too. I didn't notice until my second watch through that Rutherford. It, the pupil on his cyber side is pixelated. It's not fully round. <laughs> what? Like, I didn't notice that either. That's great. That's the kind of really dumb thing that like an artist comes up with late at night and is like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, that that was really cool. I also, um, I really like uh, the design of the uniforms. Um, yeah, they And uh, the boots, at least some of the characters wear in their uniforms. Like I know Mariner and Rutherford at least um, wear them Uh, like, so they have like, depending on what, you know, it's like, um, like Mariner is in, she's, she's in training to be in command. Right. So her uniform, her shirt is red, but like the, the, her shoes have like red accents. Right. And the soles are, are red. And if you look at the, there's one point where they're like all sitting down and you can see the bottom of the sole of her shoe and there's the the Star Trek communicator insignia on there, and I think that's really neat. Um, I like that a lot. Um, and I think you know, I think I like the the character designs overall too. Yeah, um, they are pretty cool. I guess I didn't have to say that. I 
I think it's funny that uh, it's it's funny that like okay, so we've all got iPads now. The iPad supposedly came from the pad on Star Trek, but they were smaller. Right. <laughs> so but yes. now so now all the characters have like full size like ten inch iPads. And oh, it's I didn't like, notice that. That's great for that's great for watching a movie, but if you just need a little pad for some information or a notepad, the point was like, hey, you can put this in your pocket. Now they're carrying around these tablets. So it's like this is a, this is an example of uh, Trek uh, or, or the modern world or the the real world ruining Trek technology by like no, actually dragging it backwards. Saying. No yeah. good things, only good things. Um. <laughs> um, um I thought the length was good. It's only 26 minutes. The length was good. Why do CBS All Access shows have commercial breaks? That's a good question. You're not breaking for commercial at all. Well, I think you are if if you don't have the premium, but it's like you're just going to – I don't know. Maybe that's why. Um, I liked that um, uh, Boimler, whatever, um, like how he – you know, the captain gives an assignment to – basically spy on his friend mariner (laughs) and her daughter her daughter which you don't know is totally ethical yes yeah and um he accepts it because he's so like gaga for for command and then uh you know the the episode happens he follows her because she's doing something suspicious and apparently she's just selling maybe not even selling just giving tools to farmers right which, but he did ask her, like, how did you know about these people? How did you? And we never get that answer, but whatever. Right, so he's so he's satisfied, I guess, at that point, and then kind of uh, just leaves out the details to in the report to the captain. So he goes back, and now they're friends, I guess. Wouldn't that have been part of the premise or like a good premise going forward? Like, just to go back to Mash, oh, isn't uh, the commander always saying. trying to yeah. catch Hawkeye? doing stuff like yeah, that's maybe something it was too early for him to you know yeah, he's like me- he's like oh give up on it yeah i'm on her side so now what what's the captain for like what's the point of the captain right like i just don't uh, I, yeah i don't know i said some choices were made that i you know i, I question but hey hmm. yeah this is only the first week of trek the first week of star <laughs> trek but yeah, I was gonna say I liked that he decided he was good. Her, his friendship with her was more important. But I, I see what you're saying, and I think that you have a good point that, um, it could have been something that you could have gone back to. It could have been a whole um season long arc, you know, like what is he is he gonna continue to spy on his friend? What is he gonna tell the captain? Is he gonna tell the captain everything? Is he gonna be selective? I mean, they could bring his... it back, but it just seems like, yeah, you know, that's you do. I mean, you just got rid of it already. Um, do does Orion? Does the planet Orion really not have sand? Why was she so fascinated with sand? I don't know. I thought that was weird too. Was that a but Star Wars? You guys doing a Star Wars joke? God, I don't know. If it was, it was for not, not having a- sand. They sure wear a lot of bikinis. <laughs> yeah. On Orion, where, where are you wearing bikinis to a gravel <laughs> beach? Uh, no, that's a, you're, you're thinking about the alternative. Oh, in my, in my world, we have broken glass, so this, yeah, this right. is much better. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anything yeah. else to say about second contact? I, I don't know how you feel about this, and maybe this is me being too critical uh, of the show. Uh we we have three we've seen three black characters and they're all related. Yeah. I, I just that's why I it wasn't. I mean that could play out and be interesting, but yeah. it, it like it I I don't know it kind of it kind of irritated. I, I didn't really read any material you know up to watching this first one, um, and so yeah, just while I was watching it, I was like, wow, the captain like is very similar in design to to. Uh, Beckett to Meridian or whatever her name is, yeah. yeah because, uh, and it's like, oh well, okay, of course they're related. Well, so. I guess that makes sense now. Yeah, right. <sighs> yeah. Uh, did you great. have a, f- a favorite character so far? Mm, no. No. <laughs> Maybe Tana, the cat, the cat doctor, the, the cat doctor. 
Yeah, the cat doctor was pretty good. I think uh, that if they don't if they don't make him just a cliche, I think that Shax or whatever could could be a really cool character. I think he could be a standout but I too. Feel like he's just Bajoran Wharf at this point. Yeah, that's a good point. Like season um, one Wharf. Yeah, um, I think of the four I, um, main characters. I think I liked Rutherford the most. Um, I really liked him up until that point where he got really fascinated with whatever it was on his date. And then I was just like, why? <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, I guess. Um, yeah, I still don't know how to make that more satisfying. I don't either. I like, I don't know. Like how I get to... the joke. The joke is he's more interested in that than the girl. I get it. But it's like, you have right. to like set it up and they're, they're it basically more. just, yeah, they're just basically going on a space adventure very competently and then also stopping every once in a while to talk about the monkeys or whatever. Mm-hmm. What are we going to stop with the 60s music references in these shows? Just a bunch of like old guys. So, somebody's has to like 6-9. You can keep doing the, the music references, but you have to talk about 6-9 and Machine Gun Kelly or something like that. None of this well, 50-year-old like white man is writing a script. Yeah, the Beastie Boys. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Somebody... I was going to say Taylor Swift, but screw that. Anyway, you know, Grimes becomes an ambassador, I'm sure. And so maybe uh, there's a whole uh, subset of music that's based on the work of Grimes. You know, the wife of that genius technologist, uh, Elon Musk, that was mentioned in Discovery. Uh, How do you have a speech? Who thinks that the pyramids were made by aliens? How do you have a a scene at the end where you have both Chadich and the word bitch in (laughs) a character's monologue and you don't do... Chidich Beach. You're my Chidich Beach. I I don't know. Missed opportunity there, I think. I guess so. <laughs> well, I think that we have done enough damage around this pop stand for now. Yeah. Uh so, you know, final thought once again, I uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping it gets good. Yeah, I I am too. I've said that um, a lot I'm, recently. I know. I feel I wanted to be um, excited about this, right? And I wanted to give it a a, a good glowing review. I, I just and uh, I just thought it was okay, and um, I'm bummed out by that. So I I hope that they can turn it around, and that by the end of the season, it's great, and I'm singing its praises. Me too. I hope they they need to pick a lane. Just be funny. Nothing matters. Yeah. Don't worry about not you know acting non Starfleet. Because even in this episode, the character who's like supposed to be the, you know the 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 craven thief or whatever who like literally stabs a guy when she's drunk is like, no, I'm giving these guys shovels. They're farmers. Okay. Yeah. Either just get right. rid of all that and just make it Rick and Morty, or forget the jokes and just lean into like having it be like a whimsical kind of fun adventure. That's what I think. And that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us, listeners. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EIST Pod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage are released. And you can tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag Discoverage, or you can email us at EISTPod at gmail.com. And when you're on the internet, why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show feed and give us a rating and a review because it really helps us out. And if you really want to help the show grow, stop by our Patreon page patreon.com forward slash e-i-s-t-p-o-d and as always if you like the show tell a friend discoverage will return next week august 13th for the second episode the second week of 23 weeks of star trek (laughs) an episode called envoys which we don't know much about so there's not much to say except we'll see you next week we're going to be going live once again at 7 p.m central so join us then you can follow us on twitter or facebook at at eist pod to get notified when we're live and broadcasting and in the meantime check out our main show enterprising individuals at enterprisingindividuals.com every wednesday on the show i'm joined by a special guest to discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek sphere and interviews with spe- special guests. Our latest episode just dropped, and on it, I'm joined by writer and musician Fred Love. Fred is a writer for the Star Trek Adventures role-playing game, and on the episode, he runs an introductory adventure for myself and two other guests, Alan and Josh, where we play the crew of a galaxy-class starship that's trying to survive a deep space disaster. No dates on that one, unfortunately, but it gets a little wacky. (laughs) You can check that out at enterprisingindividuals.com. Mika, thanks as always for coming by and talking about Lower Decks with us. Remind people where they can find you online. 
Yeah, you can find me at justenoughtrope.com and at Hana on Twitter. And what is coming up uh, in Just Enough Trope uh, podcasts? Um, well, um, last week we, we talked about, uh, new mutants. Um, I, it's possible we will be talking about new mutants again. Cause we still don't really know, um, <laughs> when that's coming out. The old mutants. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, last week we, we talked about, um, um, it was uh, the Chris Claremont um, uh, trade paperback, uh, and it was it's um, wow I'm I'm failing here. It's the Asgardian um, Asgardian, oh, Asgardian War- Wars, yeah, Wars. Wow, I forgot the word wars. Everybody, so uh, that we yeah. are good. <laughs> yeah, the Asgardian Wars, which that was, was my John really. Lennon. Really, really, really good. No, it was good. Um, and uh, it, it um, I highly recommend reading if you haven't already. So, yeah. do you, thanks for that. Do you want to talk about uh, your Sailor Moon show at all? Yeah. Uh, so, um, you and I co-host uh, the uh, Sailor Noob podcast, and uh, where a super fan and a noob talk about all the original episodes of Sailor Moon. Uh, and we are having a really good time with that. And, uh, we, we talk about, um, uh, lots of different elements within the episodes as well. Um, like, like food and clothes and, uh, Japanese culture. And, uh, we're almost at the end of the first season. It's kind of hard to believe. So, um, yeah, that's coming up real fast. All right. Well, that's it for us. Thanks for listening, and we're signing off. This is Aaron for Mika saying live long and prosper. 